0: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
1: By DraftKings, we're going to be joined by Dan Bates. ABC Rochester, 13 Wham Sports anchor and reporter. I've been covering the Bills for a while, so he's going to join a good job producing by the big guy, Dustin and Amal Shaw Live, downtown Las Vegas, there Fremont Street at the D. Dustin said, look, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Kansas City. We've got to go to the Bills locker room. We've got to go get the temperature on what that franchise feels like after uh, the loss yesterday to Kansas City. So Dan Fates joins us. Tremendous at Dan Fates on Twitter. ABC Rochester, 13 Wham Sports anchor and reporter dan we're going to give you the platform so you you give us an idea of what the city of buffalo is experiencing today
5: uh it's groundhog day guys that that's what it's like right now in buffalo um it just kind of feels like we've seen this before um i've been at these locker cleanouts before for the second straight year their season ends with a playoff loss at home for the third straight year, their season ends in the divisional round. And for the third year out of the last four, it ends at the hand of, of the Kansas city chiefs. It's a tough pill to swallow. There, there's no getting around it. And this going into the game last night, I felt very confident. Um, I even was telling people in the press box before the game that I thought 24 points would be enough to beat this Chiefs team. But that was a classic Patrick Mahomes, New England Patriots, Tom Brady, like win. Just a gutsy win where we're in the locker room today and I was talking to a couple players that I'm close with and they were like, That's the best offense they've looked all year. One of them kind of joked to me, goes, Marquez Valdes Cantling hasn't caught any of those passes. And he catches two of them mm-hmm. in man coverage. Like th- it was one of those things where like even they couldn't believe it. Josh Allen talked to him at the podium, you know, this this feeling and that it motivates him and all of these things. And then he kind of says, I feel like we should be practicing today. Like this was a team that had won six games in a row and was playing their best football of the season heading into this game. That they really they didn't think that there'd be any
6: shot of not practicing. But Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs Chiefs continue to be this Bills team's kryptonite. Dan Sean McDermott in the regular season is fifty eight and Oh and five now in the closeout games in the regular in the postseason. That's just the reality of it. Would yeah. they look to make a change? Possibly. What is the fan base thinking? What is the speculation in the media there?
5: Uh, Fan base and what we actually think will happen are two totally different things. Trust me, my DMS on X or Twitter are filled with Sean McDermott can't coach. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think he's lost that locker room one bit. Uh, Josh talked about some of the BS as he put it, that he had to go through this season that he shouldn't have had to Mitch Moore said, he's so proud to be on a team that is led by a man like Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott has not lost that Bill's locker room an ounce. A lot of this team always talks about what happened at six and six. There was an article published, and the reports came out about his comments about 9 11 and all of these things. And everybody seemed to be jumping off the ship. And after that, the Bills had won, again, six in a row. I, I don't think there's any reason to move on from him. They've won the division, they've won the AFC East four years in a row. I, I get it. And guys, uh, my my sports director, Mike Catalana, always brings it up. He's been covering the team for 30 plus years. He was there for all four Super Bowl runs. He talks about the difference between excuses and reasons. And I'm not trying to make excuses because I know Bill's fans probably don't want to hear any of them or reasons, but last year, this team was gassed emotionally. The tank was empty after the DeMar Hamlin and everything that this team went through this year, they won't say it. I talked to a player today and he kind of smiled and just nodded injuries crushed this team at the end of the season. Um, They were without their top two corners or two out of their top three corners. On um, Christian Benford, they lost Trey White. They were without uh, Trell Bernard, who was a massive, in, was a massive piece of their defense at middle linebacker. They were without Matt Milano, who was All Pro. They were banged up throughout the secondary. All of those things seemed to come to roost last night, and that was just the fact of it. Again, not making excuses, just saying reasons as to where it just feel like this team didn't have enough at full strength. And I get it. Hey. Every team has injuries. You could talk to Brown's fans. Their team had tons of injuries, but you're just looking around going, they had two backup linebackers. They pulled up AJ Klein, who was on the couch uh, a month ago, playing out there when he was limping around the locker room today. You had Terrell Dodson, who's another middle linebacker, who's a special teamer. Those guys, the the Chiefs attacked them. The Chiefs had eight plays of 20 plus yards yesterday. The Bills had none. That goes, that's all you really need to know.
1: Dan Fates, groundhogs day he says he covers of course (laughs) buffalo sports including the bills joining us here sharp money one of those 20 plus yard plays could have been Diggs. the the throw from Allen was ridiculous let me ask you this way i'm curious what the other bills players had to say about josh allen's performance yesterday because i feel like they Mm -hmm. owe him an apology he was superman (laughs) he was so awesome in the game he was spectacular
5: it was unbelievable. Um, he's had a couple of those games, especially on this six-game stretch, especially since Joe Brady has taken over as the interim play caller. He just seen a more free Josh Allen. And this, again, Dawson Knox, talked to him today. He said he hopes that he gets to play the rest of his career with Josh Allen. He goes, I think every person in that locker room would say the same thing. He's bloodied, he's bruised, he's limping, and he goes, he's a modern-day gladiator. And I know there's a lot of talk about that You know, he didn't hit deep throws and all these things. You can't place the ball any better into Stephon Diggs' hands. He's got to make the catch. And they they missed on a couple of plays like that. And look, every time it seemed like the Bills had a misstep yesterday, they seemed to catch a break. And Josh Allen was just one of those guys putting on the cape and carrying this offense because they need more playmakers around him. I I know that sounds like an easy cop-out to say, but they were missing Gabe Davis, who I don't think – a ton of in the offensive game as the number two wide receiver, but Khalil Shakir, their number three wide receiver, was banged up at some point. Diggs is, was all of a sudden had foot injury popped up. So th- there have been problems. But, but I agree. I, I don't think you can ask anything more of Josh Allen. And I know it's stupid that quarterbacks get all the blame for the losses and all the credit for the wins, but Josh Allen was phenomenal this postseason. He was great against the Steelers. Uh, he was great again and again, tough conditions just putting the team on his back when nothing seemed to come easy, Josh would just take off and make something happen out of nothing. Um, third down conversions, fourth down conversions. Uh, I'll say this again for the second time in a row that he's played the chiefs in the postseason, he's deserved better.
6: Dan, you mentioned Stefan Diggs. He's going to be 31 years old next year. He's still got another four years. There's an opt out after next year. He has not had a hundred yard game since October 15th. At what point yeah. in time, do, is it on Diggs? Is it the system? What is the problem there with their number one receiver who when he got there looked like a number one and now has really fallen off that perch? Yeah,
5: he was great all the way through last year until about week nine, and he kind of seemed to hit this ball. The whole team did. The Kent Dorsey offense last year really kind of sputtered at the end of the season. They seem to be okay. Diggs had a couple of big games early on in the season, and then it sputtered again. So we are you sitting there going, well, oh, it's second half slump. Obviously, Diggs is getting up there in age. I will say this. Diggs deserves better than his stat lines show. And I will say that going back to the new England game, the chargers game, um, he, he was beat uh, in the Steelers game. He got behind the defense and Josh missed him on some throws. We can compliment Josh and we can, we don't have enough time on this interview to talk about how good Josh Allen is, but he's missed Diggs on a couple of deep throws. It, it, it just has happened. So, and again, he missed him for like a 75 yarder in the chargers game or the new England game. And I said, we would all think about this differently if he c- connects on one of them and all of a sudden we look at and we say, instead of Diggs' stat line being four for 40, it's five for 110 and a touchdown. And we go, Oh, this is all better. I, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Diggs is still a c- consummate leader. I'm on the sidelines. I'm filming the games. The dude is dialed in that, This diva talk uh, is, is blown out of proportion from people that aren't necessarily in Western New York on a day in and day basis. The guy has been nothing but an amazing teammate leader on the sidelines and in that locker room. He needs to step up. He is getting up there in age. The bills need to find somebody that can also help alleviate some of the pressure. It was confusing because teams talked about, or you know, Josh and these guys, we all asked them about it, and they said, Well, the way defenses are playing him. Like, well, defensive has always played Stefan Diggs a certain way. Like it wasn't like they all of a sudden just found out who Stephon Diggs is. So they have to find more creative ways to get him the ball. Look, last night he took a handoff. They did an RPO with Biggs in the backfield. They're trying to get him involved more, um, but it just wasn't working towards the end of the season.
1: So, Dan, what changes for next year? It sounds like McDermott's going to stick around. Does Brady stay yeah. as the OC? And like, what are the changes that need to be made?
5: Look, their offensive line was one of the rare offensive line that every single starter played every single game. So their offensive line was great. Um, I think they need to add more skill position players. I think this offense needs to become more explosive. We saw that at times but it just wasn't there this season, even yesterday against Kansas city, great defense. It is very tough to have eight, seven minute drives all the time that go eight, nine, 10 plays. It's just tough. You have such a small margin for air. They need to have more explosive plays. They talked about it. Zero plays of 20 yards. James cook had drop issues. I think they need to find another explosive dynamic skill player in the draft. And look, Brandon Bean deserves a lot of credit for being the guy that traded for Stefan Diggs, but he hasn't drafted a wide receiver earlier than the fifth round, fourth round for Gabe Davis. Like you need to put these guys on young rookie deals that can make plays for Josh Allen in the passing game. Josh Allen is your quarter of a billion dollar investment. You need to make sure that you are giving him all the tools that he needs to be successful. So I think they they revamped the offense. He can piece together the defense. We know you're gonna get Matt Milano back. Defensively, it's a huge boost. What happens with Trey White? He tore his Achilles back in week three. All those questions need to be answered. But to me, I'm reinvesting more and more money into Josh Allen and this Bills offense.
1: Okay, Dan. Groundhog's Day. That's a good way of putting it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long week in Western New York. Thank yeah. you for the time. I know it's a busy day. ABC Rochester, 13 WHAM Sports Anchor Reporter. Good follow on Twitter at Dan Fates. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate you.
5: Thanks, guys, for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Thank okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, not a fun week.
6: No, <laughs> like uh, lowest rated AFC Championship game television coverage is going to be in that market.
1: <laughs> they, it's just. Like I was trying to explain, I was saying this to Dustin earlier. I was saying it to my brother-in-law yesterday. It's like, what the Detroit and what the Lions are doing, what it does for the community, what it does for the economy, like normal years nobody's out of their pajamas on a Sunday like that leaving the house yesterday in Michigan everybody was gathering whether it be at the house or going to a restaurant or bar to meet up together it, it, It's the sports we forget about it because we work in it but sports continue to be the great unifier. Speaking of unification How about my guy Dan Campbell? When we come back you're gonna get emotional I promise.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expat.
3: I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself I honestly can't gush enough about freaky tales I'm so excited to share it with more people
2: if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast
3: zigazoo has made me zigzag what I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media but now I'm setting them loose on zigazoo Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
0: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Omaha Steaks. Delicious. And with Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's Omaha Steaks Guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, V-S-I-N, you will get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Check out omahasteaks.com slash VSIN the big guy with a text 75% of the money is already on Detroit to cover on Sunday just taking a peek at the number most shops still showing 7 so Detroit lane excuse me San Francisco lane 7 Detroit catching 7 and then Baltimore DraftKings, when we opened, had Baltimore still minus three, they have gone to three and a half. So pretty much everybody across the market now showing Baltimore laying three and a half. We'll have plenty uh, of insight from Steve Fezzik coming up in just a little bit, professional handicapper Mike Stone, Stoney, a legend in Detroit on radio, is going to join us in about 29 minutes to discuss just the vibes right now, which are immaculate in the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, and I've got a bone to pick. And, Dustin, you might be able to assist me on this a little bit. I've raved about Reggie, our director. He does a great job. But my man got in my ear during the last break when you went to the bathroom, shocker, and he said, Patrick, you know, you're talking about the futility of the Lions, but I don't hear you going on about how much success the other teams have had. And... You know, me, a little bougie, I said, who is this? Don't speak to me. I'm the host. No, (laughs) I said, um, first off, what are you talking about? Secondly, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, what about the 84 Tigers? And what about the bad boy Pistons? And what about the hard hat Pistons? And what about the Red Wings? Four championships in my lifetime, 11 Stanley Cups, Amal Shaw, 25 straight seasons from 91 to 16, making the postseason. And I just had to step back for a second and said, I can't comment on this. I can't comment on it right now. I will when I return. First off, your boy was posted up on his dad's lap while he was fixing the car in the garage in Sterling Heights, Michigan, when the Bless You Boys Tigers beats the San Diego Padres. Padres, shout to Tony Gwynn, okay? Bless you, boys. Secondly. Back to back, 8990, Zeke, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, the Bad Boy Pistons, Big Daddy, Rich, and Chuck Daly. <laughs> look up talking about the electrical wires, Isaiah Thomas doing PSAs. Get the hell out of here. Secondly, if you want to start talking about Scotty Bowman and Steve Eiserman and Fedorov and Konstantinov, and we can go on, Darren McCarty, I'm all Shaw. We can go on and on. But Scotty Bowman is the greatest coach regardless of sport in the history of organized sports. So that's that. And then thirdly, the hard hat Pistons. This is for you, Reggie. Uh, in 04, when the Pistons beat the Lakers, all-star team of Kobe, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, of course, Shaq. Where was I? I was in Charleston, South Carolina, but where was I for the game? I drove a rental car from Charleston to the Palace of Auburn Hills to watch a game, watch the game in the finals, drove back that night to Charleston, South Carolina. By my math, that's like 700 miles. So with all due respect... When you come in here talking about where's the respect for the other success you've had in the city of Detroit, you can find me in a rental in 04 driving on no sleep to the Palace of Auburn Hills to support the team. Thank you.
6: First of all, great argument and great uh, recollection of Reggie, it, that's it, for you. <laughs> Would you trade all
4: of those championships for one Lion Super Bowl? Great question. <laughs> Don't do your. Yeah. You see that corner? You're not going to back me into it. You can't
1: back me into a corner. Oh, I know. Yes no, is the, I, yes I, is the answer, yes, but no is also yes, the answer.
4: No, that's the. As long as I've, I've I met you in 2016, yes spring is answer, of 2016, no is and all you've done since I've met you. Is talk about how this team has broken your heart over and over again. And every time I tried to tell you to believe a little bit, you'd be like, don't do that, man. They will always let you down. They will always crush your soul. Do not buy into anyone thinking this team's going to ever do anything. They've done nothing in
6: your lifetime, nothing in your father's lifetime. So I I have a question. I grew up a Browns fan in Cleveland. We have the drive, the fumble, three AFC championship games. I always say John Elway single-handedly ruined my childhood is it worse to have been on the doorstep and thinking Biner's in the end zone? You're getting ready to go to overtime. You've got 98 yards. You've got Dixon and midfield, the best corners in the game at the time, and five minutes in its outdoor cold conditions at Municipal Stadium. Or would you just never rather be there? Me, personally, I'd never rather be there than have that heartache oh, to deal with. That's so hard. Until
1: yesterday afternoon, I had not only not been on the doorstep, I hadn't been in the driveway. <laughs> so I finally have an opportunity to tell you after Sunday what it feels like to be on the doorstep, and I can give you that answer on Monday. Again, let's just repeat, okay? I rented a car on a Tuesday in Charleston. I returned it on a Wednesday, and the dude took a look at the odometer and said, how did you put 1,500 miles on this car in one day? I said, I'm supporting Chauncey Billups. Ever heard of him?
4: I still still think you'd swap it out. With all due
1: respect... My heart rate's going up, and I take beta blockers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't support the team. I'm like the dude from Seinfeld painted it up. <laughs> i got to support the team. i got to support, support the team. Who was the first person at the parade with a million people in Detroit when Detroit won the Stanley Cup for the first time, and then the second time, and then the third time, and then the fourth time? Who was out there emulating Isaiah Thomas's jump shot in his in his driveway? Not Reggie, me. So with all due respect, okay, Lance Parrish, okay, six four three, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, okay, Jack Morris. Okay, should I continue? It's almost the most disrespectful thing ever said to me in the years that I've worked at this network. But I'm gonna let
6: it go. I'm gonna let it go. They've also had a history of great coaches and managers. Sparky, Chuck Daly, coached the dream team, won two titles. Larry Brown, the only coach to win both NBA and college basketball title. And of course, Scotty Bowman, in my estimation, the greatest hockey coach of all time. And now Monty Williams yeah. in that city.
1: Shut up. <laughs> see, that this is what you do. You take, see, you're piling on. And I, it's not going to happen. You're not going to wreck my buzz today, bro. You're not going to do it. Monty Williams, okay, <laughs> he, he he should rent, not buy,
4: is one thing I will say. <laughs>
1: yes. And when he rents, he can rent a lot because he's getting eighty 80 million <laughs> guaranteed. Say,
4: they paid him so much he could buy, just sell it and flip it and <laughs> yeah. make more money that way, too. Right.
1: Uh, this ain't HGTV,
4: okay? <laughs> it, it, but it, Monty Williams is not Big Daddy
1: Rich, okay? Because the only human being on the planet, Reggie, that could have went and worked with that dream team and all those egos is one chuck daly look him up kids that's it scotty bowman you're gonna to talk to me about scotty bowman the, uh, if he had a foot ache i would massage it okay <laughs> scotty freaking bowman stop it are we gonna talk about chris draper on a monday after the lions just advanced to the nfc championship game and by the way i know they're catching seven if you think dan campbell is concerned About that Charmin, a.k.a. Kyle Shanahan Nepo up there in the bay. I don't think he's concerned at all because the way Shanahan handled that end of the first half, Dan Campbell's sitting there eating Omaha steaks right now like I use the code VEASAN and I just keep eating because that's what we're going to do to the
6: 49ers, Reggie. Little, little Texas versus Texas A&M on the rivalry on the coaching sideline here on Sunday. I also it, 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 he, he got four
1: free
4: air-chilled chicken breasts because he can't stop eating. Oh, he's a big carnivore guy. You know that. You know Dan Campbell's you, on you the carnivore You know Dan Campbell's diet. a vegan. Of course, has, what do you think?
6: <laughs> he hasn't had a vegetable in like three presidents. <laughs> the only vegetables he gets are the ones that come with the side of steak.
4: There was an element of Detroit. <laughs> yesterday where i thought that they were not having to show their most creative stuff and still succeeding on offense i think there's been some stuff saved in their back pocket for this weekend
1: uh i know what you're saying i mean ben johnson's brilliant you know no, that i think they're the gonna do the some ends. weird stuff it, 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 you, you have to montgomery wasn't great in the game you the it, jameer gibbs is a difference maker like There is no chance, and I don't even care. Like, I know Bijan Robinson. He's super talented. He fumbles all the time. There is no chance you say straight up one for one right now that I would flip him, right? I mean, I would not take Bijan over. Gibbs is special, and he was awesome in the game. There's Ben Johnson's brilliant. Maybe I hope there's still some left in the tank. I mean, because all we hear about is Shanahan's brilliant play calling, but this Ben Johnson is—he's something else, boys.
6: I'll just say this: I'm in Ross St. Brown's going to have a monster game next weekend. He, it was Laporta this week. You mentioned Gibbs; he was outstanding that touchdown run. I love watching the, just the separation he creates between stiff any, arm. Yeah, well, the linebackers trying to chase him. I'm like, why? Just save your breath. Niners allow six most receptions,
4: eighth most receiving yards. Uh, I'm sorry, that's the running backs. Thought it was the receiver. Uh, fourth most receptions to re- receivers. amon Ra's a guy who gets fed over and over again. If he has eight receptions, it wouldn't
1: shock anyone. I need to take, I, you know what? I need to take a lap. You got triggered. <laughs> I I got yes, I got triggered. Go to your safe space. Fake. I, I, need to find, I, need, I need to go to my I I I promise. That was a little emotional when we come back. Emotion from Daniel Campbell. Next Sharp Money.
0: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on V the Sports Betting Network.
1: Get a Vsin Pro annual subscription for 199. It's a great deal. Daily best bets, betting splits, big game betting guides—we've got you covered. When you use the promo code SHARP, you get a discount right now. VSN.com/slash subscribe. Okay, we're going to be joined by Mike Stone. Stone—he's going to join. He's a legend in Detroit and sports talk. He's coming up in just a few minutes. We get an idea of what the city as it's kind of sinking in—the idea that the Lions are headed to the NFC Championship game up in San Francisco. Amal Shaw, all shot. I'm I'm Patrick Maher. We encourage Steve Fezzik, who will be joining Professional Handicapper. He's going to talk about those openers, talk about the line seven and a half to one, what to do there. Uh, he's dealing with some rain and traffic. We just want to say, Steve, be safe. The seat will be warm for you when you get there at the D. Okay. Now, I promised a motion. The dog's upset now. Reggie upset my dog. All that yelling. Now, you know, Jeezy, she's being sensitive. Um, again, I almost named her Scotty Bowman. Almost named her Rashid Wallace. We went with Jeezy because I like the rapper. Anywho, uh, fellas, uh, let's do this. It, it, it's kind of one of those things where Campbell is good. He's not great in the postgame. But because he's the largest man of all time and is kind of like, very hokey people kind of paint it as being better. Is that, is that fair? Like, oh, you wait till you see this Campbell speech, and he's mostly just like, What's up, man? Uh, yeah, that was awesome. He sells <laughs> but, it. like a, it's like a WWE post game. Yeah, he's, he, 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 yeah, but yeah i guess yeah he's fine um okay so you, you promised some good sound here from
4: my guy what's up yeah let's first uh dan campbell looking back on the win over tampa bay yesterday and how the game plan went
7: we knew we needed to come out and throw it against this team you know we need to be efficient with the pass if we get some explosives we weren't able to do that second half we were and then we, we were able to lean on the run a little bit you know once we felt like maybe we could loosen them up and you know gibbs breaks one there at the end um so those were pivotal for us but ultimately we knew it was going to be that type of game you know and um, and it was and that's playoff football
4: (laughs) that's my guy that's my guy okay
1: we're ramping up what
7: else you got here
4: All right, Dan Campbell was asked about I guess it was heading into the year what he believed this team would be
7: I envisioned that we would have a chance to compete with the big boys and that's where we're at all you got to do is get in you know, and it's about placing yourself the very best position to where you can move. You get to you get a home game, and then maybe you get a second home game, and now all of a sudden it gets a little easier, you know? If you're able to get a one seed, you only got to win two games, right? And so that's that's always the objective. But ultimately, once you get in, then it's about matchups, and you find a way to win, and you may have to win two to nothing, and it's okay, you know? It's okay. A win's a win in the playoffs. So, um You know, here we are, and now we get to go to San Francisco, (laughs) and, you know, we know what kind of team that is, but um, we're in a great position. We've got a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, he's fine. He he doesn't really say much. Uh, I think one of the clips that's, and I know we have another clip, but one of the clips that's circulating, and for good reason, is, no, 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 not that one, from, remember, when they were on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago. I don't think that's the one you have. No. Where he was telling his team... It was a very dramatic moment where he was telling the Lions, like, please, all I do is think about you. You have to trust me. And he was like, he was getting emotional and he was like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. We're building something. You have to work harder. The team didn't have a good day in Pats during training camp. And he was just willing them and saying, believe in me, believe in me. And like, I guess... You know, what I took from that is authenticity because he's a big ass dude that's like basically crying uh, and I not to rag on Kyle too much, but it, it does feel like there's a little inauthenticity there. And like with with Campbell, it's very authentic. And I think this clip will show it. Right,
4: Dustin. Yeah. Dan Campbell went on to say he knows that this Lions squad connects with the city of
7: Detroit. Well, I think it's important, right? You, I mean, you can't... I don't know if it's... You know, it's not the first thing you think of if you go to L.A. Or just in general, right? You got the sun, you got the beach, you got plenty of other things going on in here, man. Man, it's harsh winters, right? Auto industry, blue collar. Um, things aren't always easy. Um, and I just think that's, you know, that's what we're about. And that, that was... You know, you want something the city can be proud of. Though You can look at those guys and say, man, I can back that guy. I can back that team. You know, I can resonate with those group of guys. Um, you know, they're kind of salty. You know, they, they don't quit. They play hard. Um, and so I, I feel like we've done that. And I think these guys, you know, they have a kinship with this city in this area. And they love it.
1: Yeah, that's the perfect clip and he that is very well said by Dan Campbell. As somebody that was watching the Detroit Lions beat the Bucks from Los Angeles in the sun yesterday, I can tell you I was very much because I just was home for Christmas and as I left, I think it got dark around noon. It was cold, it was gray, it was nasty. And as I left, I I flew into Los Angeles in the middle of the night, and it felt like it was lighter outside than it was in Detroit when I left at noon, just to give you a contrast. So there is, you know, there are a lot of hardworking blue collar people that should be very proud, and I'm I'm super happy for them. That's, that's, That's really what I have to say about
6: that. I thought he summarized it beautifully, right? He's from a small town in Texas, Glen Rose. Population is less than 3,000 people, but he understands. The one thing I will tell you, Dan Campbell, when he was at AM, when he was with the Cowboys, other teams, this guy's just a hardworking guy, right? He was an overwhelming talent, third-round pick, found, carved out 11 years in the National Football League. I think the one thing that you get with him is the players genuinely believe him and follow him. He is the leader of that football team. You know, he may not necessarily be the most articulate of, in terms of presenting certain things but he is just a fantastic guy to lead that team. And that's why you see where they're at and you see the way they play and they play extremely hard. I think there's a level of respect and no disrespect to Shanahan, Harbaugh, um, Andy and these guys, but these guys know what he's gone through. He's played in the league. He's tried to achieve that goal of getting to the Super Bowl and winning it all. And now they're 60 minutes away from potentially accomplishing that. And then one other thing I would add, I think a lot of places, I know Buffalo obviously is upset this week and it's going to be tough for them today and the rest of this off season. But you look at places like Cleveland, Cincinnati, Um, Minnesota's never won a Super Bowl all these teams that have been either close or not come through the Browns have never been to a Super Bowl just like the Lions I I think there's a certain amount of pull for people for these areas they're all kind of from similar weather types of situations other places somewhat blue collar towns and I think people understand and appreciate what the Lions have been able to achieve to this point in time
1: yeah it's uh, yeah it's awesome I'm really happy, and it, Mike Stone will do a better job than I, as he is still in the great state of Michigan. He's been on the radio airwaves there for over 30 years, so he's going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, but, yeah, I think what, a lot of what you said is true. It, it's, it's just a different vibe in the city of Detroit, and he's done a hell of a job. So okay, But there, you have to capitalize, Dustin. There There is... An element of capitalization. It's not just and I'm the d- defense underwhelms me. Although lately it's been playing better, uh, but Aaron Glenn could potentially move on, and Ben Johnson one thousand percent is going to move on. So Dan Campbell, like Sirianni, will have a different staff next year. You have to take advantage of these opportunities this year.
4: Yeah, I, I think the pressure's on because of that. I think there's also a level of those guys. Like, I saw Jared Goff had a had a moment where he shouted out Aaron Glenn. And, like, I think there's a, mo- a part of the team where they're, they're aware of that. And they know that they have to. And also, it could help those guys get a job. Maybe not Johnson, but maybe Aaron Glenn, if things go a certain way down the stretch here. I just think when you have Dan Campbell in charge, I think connecting with people, making decisions as a leader and CEO... I just trust him to find the next Ben Johnson. I know like, there's it's harder than, than, than I'm making it sound, but I just believe in that guy and his, his ability to connect with people and read people, and he's obviously connected with that roster and gotten more out of guys who, by the way, a lot of these guys weren't like hyped-up players. Like We talked about the rookies, but there's a lot of guys in that roster that were overlooked, and he's gotten more out of them than they have in other stops. So I just believe that Dan Campbell is going to find a way to do the right thing in the end.
6: I, I'd ask you quickly, maybe you guys can think off the top of your head, outside of... Uh, uh, Penae Sewell, Jameer Gibbs and Taylor Decker. I know Goff was the first overall pick, but that was for another team. Who's been a guy that's a first-round stalwart on this team? I, I there's like these are like guys that have worked themselves into this. amon Ross St. Brown wasn't drafted maybe as highly yeah. as he should have been, but he's really developed himself into a great receiver. As uh Sam LaPorta, I think was Laporta's second round, correct? Uh
1: I'll give you a boring I'll give you yeah. no I'll give you a boring answer. Probably the best player on the team is Frank Ragnow, and he's the center. And he was drafted in the first round to the point where I made fun of it because, let's be fair, we were doing the draft live on radio, and when your team drafts a center, it's pretty boring. So I just lit him up, said you can find a center anywhere. And Ragnow has been playing through injuries, and I think to a man, Taylor Decker had an emotional tribute to him. I think most believe he's the best center in football. Uh, probably the best player individually at his position on the team. So I would say that. I would say Ragnow kind of really, that is the spirit
4: of the team. People well, love that, dude. Well, one guy who was a high pick was Hutchinson. I, I just want to point out, yeah. Hutchinson has eight sacks in his last four games.
1: But that one sack, the, the first drive for the Bucks in the second half, like you may want to put a person over him. Yeah, I don't know what. He I, literally that just
6: I, He just literally ran, sprinted to the quarterback. I thought that was far of giving Strahan the sack.
1: That was that was something. Now I was excited because that was momentum. 10-10, first drive, they were driving and the sack moved them out of field goal range, but that was you may you may want to block the dude. Just a thought. Mike Stone, Stony next here at Sharp Money.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other.
3: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
0: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network.
1: Okay, bet five bucks, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings, new customers, use that promo code VSIN, V S I N. Again, five bucks gets you 200. And everybody, every day at DraftKings, And no sweat, same game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, the Lions are on to the NFC Championship. And there is nobody, literally nobody better to frame it for. Us, uh, Mike Stone, Stony and Jansen, 1, 6 to ten. He is an institution, a radio legend, thirty plus years in the city of Detroit. There was a great article actually about Stony in the Detroit News recently. So here's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to get out of the way, and you just, you just, you just tell us like what's the vibes, how does it feel. Just continue to talk. Go.
0: Hey Patrick, you of all people, I believe that the sentence that I'm going to say. Lions are sixty minutes from going to the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. No words, no it's words. Something that most people thought they'd never see in their lifetime. Most of us haven't. I was around, and I was actually working in television, and I was at the last time they won the NFC Championship game against uh, the Redskins uh, in, in, the, in the end of the ninety-one season. But uh, this is unfricking believable. They had the worst roster three years ago. They were three thirteen and one. Had a nice finish the last year. But nobody, nobody thought that they would be uh, where they are right now. It's, it's incredible. The city is going bananas, and it's been an unbelievable few weeks. If my memory is correct, uh, sorry, Amal, that uh, Michigan won the national championship. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It is freaking incredible what's going on in this town football-wise
6: right now. Well, first of all, Stoney, congratulations. Wolverines had a great season, but the Lions yep, have supplanted that this year. We were talking a little bit yeah. earlier about just what it means and quantifying it, but tell me now why they're going to go to Santa Clara and win.
0: Well, if you would asked me three weeks ago, I would have said they're not going to win, but, and I know it's recency bias and I know weather had something to do with it and Debo got hurt. But for the first time, because early in the season, I thought it was the 49ers and everybody else, including my hometown, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Then I thought it was, okay, it's San Francisco and Baltimore and everyone else. And I still think that, but for the first time Saturday night, correct me if I'm wrong, boys, the 49ers looked somewhat vulnerable. I still think they're obviously, and they are where you are, the favorites, and they should be. And chances are, though, in the game. But I do think the Lions have a shot. Which I never would have thought a few weeks ago. It's the crazy? Is they but... have the best out. The, their offensive line is incredible, and it's the, it sets up everything. And Ragnow, as you saw, is playing like a beast. Penae Sewell's the best right tackle in the football in the NFL right now. Sorry, Lane Johnson. Uh, and Goff is just being really, really good. And they have creative play calling. Sometimes they get too cute. And yeah, their defense, especially their secondary. Kind of blows, but they've been able to bend, <laughs> not break, and not give up a, a, a crap load of points.
1: Were you? T- I was terrified. I thought Baker. I thought Baker. Ninety yards to go. A minute to go. Like, how did you feel? I thought. I genuinely thought they were going to score.
0: No, I thought they would hold. I, and I'm usually the most pessimistic. And if you're a Lion fan, you have to be pessimistic. I thought they would hold out. I really did. Uh, I didn't expect Derek Barnes to make the play of his life considering he whiffed on the Prescott sack in the Saturday night game when it was on the 95-yard C.D. Lamb play. That would have been a safety, and the Lions probably would have won that game. But uh, no, I kind of thought they would bend, not break, and they've been as against the Rams last week. They were real good in the red zone. Not as much yesterday, obviously, but I, I didn't think they were going to screw this up.
6: Stoney, you cover the team. Tell us how the team responds to Dan Campbell. People, players you've talked to, what their thoughts are about him, and then what's probably the one thing that has stood out to you in a positive way about Dan Campbell, and you see why this team is 60 minutes from the Super Bowl.
0: Well, it's the same same answer to both your questions. He's real. He's you know everybody you know when he was hired, the whole kneecap thing, but he's not a fake. He's enthusiastic. He, he drives them. People in the city, around the country, they love him. And the players love him. And the staff, because most of the guys on that staff played in the National Football League. And the players relate to him. He's honest with them. I'm sure behind closed doors, he gives them crap. But he instilled this belief in this team. Uh, and it's taken, you know, probably shorter than they would like to admit. Because I think that's why they didn't make some move more significant moves in the trading deadline. That made me think they were this close, but man, oh man, he—he's—he he, could run for mayor right now and, and win easily. <laughs> <laughs> and is there a women, my... isn't the funniest thing is women? Women who don't even know enough about football. Everybody loves Dan Campbell. My, my wife's aunt who's ninety years old. We visited her in Florida. And she said, you know, Michael, I don't know much. I hardly ever watch the Lions, but I love Dan Campbell. (laughs) Everybody loves the guy because he's real.
1: He, he's authentic. You're right. There is an authenticity yes. about him. Mike Stone, radio legend in Detroit, framing the Lions on their way to a championship game. I can't believe I'm saying it. Um, is there Not a awful. sense? Is there a sense? I really can't. Is there a sense they need to capital? They're going to lose Johnson. Maybe you know, Glenn, potentially. Is there a sense that they got to capitalize now because there's going to be changes next year?
0: Well, they don't want to suffer what Philadelphia had with losing two coordinators, but they might. Uh, you ask most of the fans and they're pretty much okay with losing Glenn. Although I think it's more of a lack of talent as we talked about in secondary than actually the scheme. He's trying to do anything with what they have uh, in the, in the back of, of, of that defense, Ben Johnson, they're going to miss, but a lot of it is also Dan Campbell's imprint on the offense. It's not all Ben Johnson. I mean, he's really, really good, but he did some things yesterday. I mean, like in the first half, uh, and where Goff got sacked, it's third and one, and you're running shotgun empty, and you get sacked. You got Montgomery. You got Gibbs. Run the frickin' ball, or at least have a running back back there so you think going to run the ball and do a play action. Conversely, on the Reynolds touchdown, where he, uh, Craig Reynolds when he went for it on fourth and one, that was a great play because. If you're tapishing out Craig Reynolds in there, he's a blocking guy. They're, they're not going to run the ball. They're going to throw it, and they gave him the ball, and he scored. So, yeah, Ben Johnson's really, really good, but sometimes uh, they get a little too cute.
6: Stoney, if Detroit had to play Philadelphia, who would you have pulled for? Oh, stop. Oh, stop. The Lions. <laughs> the Lions. The oldest beat in the world. It's the,
0: it's the, it's the Lions. Wow. Uh, because uh, the Eagles have died. Uh, it's weird. Most people would always stick with their hometown. But I've been here since 1986. Oh wow! Okay. And you know, so I've had more more than half of my old life has been here, and not so much this uh, regime because of the job being in the morning and stuff. I don't get to go to practice that much because I got to take naps, to stay awake <laughs> in the morning. But I don't know the players, as well. but you know, and back in the, the days when I made that you know not kind of a decision, it's just things like that happen naturally when you know the players, when you know the coaches, when you're around the organization. I don't know anybody from Philadelphia. I mean, I remember '97 when the Flyers and the Wings played in the Stanley Cup Finals. The late Sean Burst said, "Who are you going to root for?" He said, "I mean, you know, I'll just let it have an Because let me ask you a question: If the Flyers win, would you be able to drink from the Stanley Cup? I said, "No." He goes, "Well, you know, if we win, we will." You will. But, no, that's a good point. No, I did.
1: <laughs> you know, it's wild. I can't, Stony. I, I literally can't. Because you're, you, you you have done it for thirty years. You and Woj and the crew. Like, but it's just been a bit. It's been shtick. The futility has been oh, shtick. Yeah. It just feels weird that they're
0: actually it, good. It, it, this is wild. I know. It, it's it's amazing. We started to this morning's show. I said, I can't believe I'm saying this. They're sixty minutes from going to the Super Bowl. Little, forgetting about winning it, just getting there. I mean, you look for all as you know, Patrick. For years, one playoff win since nineteen fifty-seven. Well, you can check that (laughs) box. They've never won two playoff games in the same season. You can check that box now. They've been to an NFC Championship game before and played a decent first half, and the Redskins just smoked them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's and the craziest thing is. They're, they are, and you can see the back headline of the New York Post today on the back page. Obviously, the, uh, the Taylor Swift and all the, you know, the, the Chiefs-Bills thing got the, but on the banner at the top, it said, the real America's team, Buffalo Lions. And that's what they are. There's, there's not one person on this team that you can sit there, I don't like him. Maybe, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, because he talks a lot of smack. But that's it now. And, and, and the uh, society we live in, if this keeps up where they're really good for two or three years, eh, people get sick of Dan Campbell. Just like people get sick of Patrick Mahomes, which I don't understand. But, I, you know, after a while, you know, people got sick of Tom Brady. It's just it's the way we are. But right now, it's, it's unbelievable. They are America's team. They're America's underdog. And it's great.
1: I got t- I got 20 seconds. Are you going to be in Vegas if they advance?
0: Uh, it's. I would like to I think so but I'm not 100% sure by the way one of the highlights yesterday was seeing our boy Derek Stevens in his suite they flew out they flew out 1 a.m. Vegas time uh, yesterday a morning Saturday night and then they flew back after the game it was great
1: incredible Derek Stevens, circa in the D Stoney you're the yeah. best I'll see you yeah. soon my friend Patrick let's talk thank okay. you all, all right. thank thanks you thanks Stoney That's the best. Oh, I can't believe it. Fezzik's neck.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.